and welcome back another week and we've had some serious off-season action the first time we've actually started to get this off-season to heat up in terms of the NBL and we're just going to jump right into it Tom Wilson did he average was it I'm pretty sure this guy scored 16 points for the boomers I don't care who they were playing against playing against men that sort of stuff he's still young he's only 21 I believe Tom Wilson switching codes straight over to the AFL from the NBL after a Boomers selection and after just signing what I believe was a decent deal with the Sydney Kings. Now, whether you're someone with a footy background and you even dabbled with the West Coast Eagles for a little bit, if I do recall, what's your take on this? Well, I think he's sort of just done what Hugh Greenwood's done. He's gone that sort of route where he thought there was more of opportunity and by opportunity we mean money uh, in football. And... um, He's made a decision early in his career where he can probably carve out a nice little career over in the AFL. And I think I, I can't help but think, and it's hard because we always try to defend basketball in these type of situations. But look, he rode the bench last year for the Kings, in my opinion, undeservedly. The guy can flat out play. He was in the All World Five at the World Championships for the under 19s, I believe it was. And then he just rode the bench the entire time for Sydney. I think that's got to definitely go into it when you look at what sort of caused this and where the thought, thought process went. It's definitely got something to do with just riding the bench and then going back to Sydney because it was Sydney's option. And Sydney said, we're taking the option. So he couldn't actually play for another NBL club if he wanted. And I think he saw the writing on the wall there. Look, I, I sat on the bench for this team last year. They got Kevin Lish back. They're probably they're going to get another import. I'm just going to have to ride the bench again. So I think it's a smart move. What do you, what do you take on it, Homicide? I agree. I pr- everything you just said, I agree. Look, you don't play this game to play on a bench. You don't work this hard in the game of sport to not get opportunity that you feel you should get. So ultimately, you're going to go to where you feel you have a better opportunity and a better future. So, I mean, that's just a business decision, and that's just what he made it on. I'm not mad at that. I'm, I'm going to say that a few things probably helped the decision along. Number one, he didn't get playing time. Remember, at the start of the season, he was injured. And I don't think anyone would have anticipated that Kyle Adnam would have had the impact that he did for the Sydney Kings like he did. And then you've got Jerome Randall and Kevin Lish in front of you. So now you've got two bona fide all-stars in front of you and a guy that just stole your minutes is essentially what happened. I mean, Andrew Gaze didn't run a really deep bench as it was, but any chances of Tom being able to play at the start pretty much got nullified with the good play of Kyle Adnam which is good on him. Which is interesting because Kyle Adam, an unbelievable offensive player, but not exactly regarded in any circles as a defender. And I think having Andrew Gaze there as a coach who, as we saw from his three years at the helm, was definitely an offensively orientated guy. I sort of thought with Will Weaver coming in that this was going to be his chance to go. Well, I don't think anyone knows Will Weaver enough, and probably Tom didn't know Will Weaver enough to understand that he probably would have got an opportunity Obviously, like you said, you scored six or average 16 points in your brief stint as a boomer, but his junior career was outstanding. Hugh Greenwood's junior career was outstanding too. I mean, he was a guy who played for the boomers as well. And uh, obviously, his passion was still football um, and made the jump over, um, which was a pretty cool story within itself. Uh, has a lot to do with his family and all that. Um, and he's done really well since jumping over. And, you know, uh, Tom's going to have that same opportunity. I believe it's Collingwood and Geelong that are the front runners to sign him up. 
And I, I think it was Josh Gallup that said, I understand why it's called Category B rookie, uh, <laughs> rookie now because B stands for basketball because there's no other sport involved that the AFL poaches from. It's just basketball. So, um, yeah, I, I think good on Tom for doing it. Obviously a massive loss for uh, basketball, but having said that, um, basketball's in a pretty good position right now. There's a lot of good junior talent and whether his decision to change sports might have had something to do with the amount of talent that's coming through and maybe he wouldn't got that opportunity to be a full-time boomer thanks to people like uh, Josh Green and all that that's coming through the ranks. See, I hate that. And and just in terms of that, that argument that a couple of people bring up, and I love Josh Gallup. He does an amazing job with Fox Sports over in Perth, like an, an absolutely unreal job. He's extremely talented. But my issue with when people keep going on about, oh, the Category B, it's only just basketball players, it's no fucking shit. They're not going to get tennis players. They're not going to get hockey players. The sport doesn't transfer as well. Swimmers is nothing, oh, why, why is the AFL just targeting basketball? It's like they're not. It's an obvious, obvious transfer. The athleticism is very, very similar. You've got strengths in basketball that transfer fantastically. Is fantastically a word? Um, we can yeah, roll with it. The only sport. <laughs> I think it is. is. I, I, I don't really think we're not. Mark Blitkas from Geelong. He steeplechase. Came from steeplechase. What That's the, the only other sport. What? Yeah, and that was a weird one for me. Like, I can understand, like, the. Did he play footy before that? I have no idea. But Surely. if he didn't, he picked up the game super well. Yeah, he's one of the most obscure, gun. obscure sports on the planet. It's like they banned that for horses, didn't they? Jumps racing. I think they're trying to still. Trying to, yeah. But Jesus, put a human in that situation. It's even wilder. Now, can we get a little bit where, though, about your. Because you dabbled with the West Coast Eagles for a little bit, didn't you? I did. Uh, after my second Olympics. At the ripe old age of 29, um, I got a phone call from <laughs> West Coast uh, on the way home. I was actually we stopped off in Singapore on the way home from London, and I had a voicemail um, saying uh, it was someone from West Coast and they wanted me to come in to try out. And obviously, I thought it was just a mate stitching me up, which was pretty funny. And then I got home and I had 10 days before I'd go into Serbia because I'd signed over there. And two days in, I got a phone call and we're like, we didn't hear back from you. Are you still interested? I was like, oh, that's actually fucking real. Okay, cool. And so I went over to West Coast and uh, spent a couple of days with them, which was really weird because anyone that knows me knows me as a Fremantle Docker supporter. So to go try out for the arch nemesis West Coast Eagles was fucking weird. But I really enjoyed my time there. It was, uh, I think the one thing that Tom's going to get challenged with is it's just a different cardio uh, basketball is all sprints. Uh, AFL is a lot of sprints covering more ground. Well, some of those guys, they, they get up to 13, 14 kilometers in a game, you know, uh, which we don't Morgan, get to cover yeah. in basketball. And then on top of that, he hasn't played for the last year. So it's, it's going to be a big change for him. It is. And one thing, we haven't jumped on the fact that Adelaide jumped on us for what we said on the podcast, transcripted the entire thing. Body Naj. Body Naj, who fantastic to have him back in the fold. I haven't heard a lot from Body Naj in a while, but was always one of the best guys at covering the game until it sort of he re- he retired, didn't he? Yeah, he retired from the the paper, but he still does his uh, blog, his website, and um, I thought, I mean, 
what we said, you know, I said what would come out would come out in 24 hours. It still hasn't come out, but Big Joe, I'm sure both of you guys know who Big Joe is. Big Joe Tutsikian. He was running stuff in Adelaide. Well, he got fired. Oh, he his did? Job got made, his job got made redundant somehow. How the fuck role. do you make, like, the guy that was running everything redundant? Exactly. So, um, like I said, the fuckery in Adelaide is continuing. Oh, my God. Um, and there's a lot more in that story to be told. So, Yeah, I've got some um, stuff on that one as well that I'm not going to jump out because of, you know, the player confidentiality sort of stuff, but... Adelaide's in a whole lot more strife than they realise. A majuck thing to Cairns, by the way. Great signing by Cairns. Massive. Um, because Cairns struggled to have anyone local that could throw out their own shot last year. So he was looking for more minutes and more opportunity and uh, he'll get that in Cairns definitely. Because as much as Cairns <laughs> said, we're still negotiating with Lucas Walker. Lucas Walker is packing his bags and leaving in a week's time from Cairns. So I don't see him re-signing in Cairns. Well, I think it's an amazing opportunity for him because this year he was down on his form a bit. So this is a, a great opportunity for him to go into being at their rebuilding. So they'll have to, tr- they have no choice but to trust in him in a major way. So I think he'll bounce back this year because, you know, Joey Wright, you know, as much as he'll push you, he has a short lease. If you're not producing, you're going to sit your ass down. So at least here he has more room for error and it's less pressure on him to perform at a high level consistency consistently so you know for him this is this is a better move for him right now yeah i think I can it's see, i can see the cans becoming the sudanese snakes by the way <laughs> now they've got, got majuk down right expect them for majuk majuk to sign with them right um as a replacement for Rob Lowe, they'll do a nice little trade there, uh, big for big. And then I'd expect them to re-sign Kwani Kwani as well. So we'll probably potentially have three Sudanese guys on the same team uh, up in Cairns, which is exciting for the Taipans. Oh, definitely. You got some young talent. Hopefully, um, you know, obviously they're all playing in their respective divisions wherever they are right now in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, hopefully they continue to develop and come into the NBL ready and hungry to show that they've developed in the offseason. Because it's important. You know, this, again, I, I can't continue to say it any any less anymore, whatever you want to say, but this is not a cupcake league. Oh, you no. have to come in and perform or your spot will no longer be there. And that's the level of where Australian basketball is. And that's it's a great thing. Um. Just another thing that probably hasn't been announced, but what I've heard is Kevin Broswell, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Broswell will not be coaching the New Zealand Breakers next year. Okay. Ooh. Who's coming over there? Sean Long. <laughs> We're waiting for it. Sean Long player coach. Sean Long. Um, <laughs> that wouldn't be a good look. I just need my man Sean Long to focus on one thing right now. Wildcats. Wildcats. Or get into the NBA. You reckon Sean Long's got a legitimate yeah. shot? I believe trying so. Trying to crack the NBA? Speaking of crack the NBA, Absolutely. Mitch Creek signed for the rest of the year with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, yeah, I don't know how many countries. games is left. There's three, there's three days left, so I don't even think oh. there's three games. But how much does that equate yeah, to it? Because you've got to work out the money on that because there's a difference between signing because there's minimums with this sort of stuff. It doesn't matter how many 100%. days. There is minimums with this stuff. So I don't know that part, but my question for you guys is, 
they clearly have his rights, so he has to go to Summer League with them. Correct? I'm not sure whether that continues uh, on to the next year because they've only signed him for the rest of the regular season. Hmm. That'd be interesting. But what does this mean again? Because I've always said that I reckon that Mitch Creek's coming back. He ain't coming but back. He the is more not stuff that he gets, but what I've heard as well is that he might just want to do that G League route and just play in the G League, keep copping these 10-day contracts and eventually maybe hope – you see that Minnesota signed him for the last three games of the season – Hope that he gets one of those, you know, after a 10-day and they sign up for the rest of the season when there's three, four months left. But One of those type of ones. I got you, but what does his contract actually stipulate with the Phoenix? If he's not in the NBA, he has to play here? Yeah, but agents are so good that they can find ways to snake out of it. They'd find ways to snake out of every contract. And the other thing that leads me to believe that is the Phoenix have kind of gone a little bit colder with their promotion of all this Mitch Creek stuff. They used to have Mitch Creek posting regular videos in Phoenix gear. They've sort of slowed down, and maybe it is to do with them having more signings. They've got more local guys now that they can also use to promote. But I don't know. Maybe it it's because, maybe because now they have four poor men. <laughs> They've got Ty Wesley, uh, Maneki, and Dan Trist. They're all four men. And they got another one coming in. And they go, ooh. Which I cannot again play a confidentiality. I cannot say, but they do have another one coming in. So they're going to have. They signed five, a David Bowler? No, that's, no, no, no. That's, that's, no, no, no. That's I'm not even going to answer yes or no because then it's just going to be process of elimination until you get to who I'm talking about. <laughs> that's Dan. No, he's coming to the Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they're going to have a lot of foremen on this roster, and I can't really understand it at all. I was really happy with their signings early. Getting Adam Gibson, I thought, fantastic. Madsen, fantastic. Look, we don't, we don't know what we're going to get out of Madsen, but he's a proven guy in this league, and he can shoot the shit out of He's going to be entertaining no matter what. Mitch Creek, massive. Then Simon, oh. Simon Mitchell and Tommy Greer have seemed to have got just these hard-on for undersized bigs. And gone and snapped up everyone in the league, which is a strategy in itself. You know, if you take every undersized big in the league, then nobody else has one. So that's the only sort of theory I can have behind getting all these guys. But what's your take on it, Werther? Yeah, it's it's weird. And that's probably the Ty Wesley signing probably indicates that Braswell is out because the only reason he went back to New Zealand was to play for Kevin Braswell. Um, and then uh, I don't know enough about Maneki. We just know that he's an athlete and good for him. Dan Trist is an interesting one. It's really strange signing for me. I, I don't understand that. I like it. At all. Explain why you like that, Felix. Yeah, please. I need well, to hear this shit. Okay, so Dan Triss played real, real well for Melbourne in the preseason. I think he, I believe he had two 20-point games. I trained with Melbourne. Against, for, co- against college teams, right? No, 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 against other NBL teams in the Blitz. Or whatever they call it now. Whatever they called that in the preseason. Had some big games. And he was everyone at Melbourne was quite happy with him saying, Yeah, this is this is gonna be one of our guys. And I trained with Melbourne, he's strong as an ox, real, real good player. Trained with him, he was he's not dominating practice, but he was doing a lot more than what he produced within the season. And I just think as soon as they got DJ Kennedy, it just and this was all happening before they had DJ Kennedy on the roster. He was playing well, seemed to fit in with the group, gelled well. As soon as they got DJ Kennedy, his game just went downhill fast. His confidence went downhill. So I think this is a sneak. I think this is a steal. I think a lot of – because a lot of coaches, apart from Simon – Simon Mitchell was there for the entire preseason, pretty much was there the entire time that Trist was playing well before he left for the Southeast Melbourne job. So if anybody's got the idea of how good this guy can be in the NBL, and I believe he can actually be pretty good when he's in the right mindset, the right sort of zone, is Simon Mitchell because he got to spend that time with him more than any other coach in the league. So I think it's a good signing, and I think he's going to be able to surprise some guys and stay in this league for quite a while. 
I think Andy he'll. I think. I think season. he'll be a bust. <laughs> Keep talking, homicide. So whether I can't. I think he'll. <laughs> I think he'll be a bust. I don't think he showed anything in regular season because at the end of the day, one player cannot make you just come out and play. He didn't play good at all. I Thank mean, you. okay. For example, let me tell you. Oh, he missed shots. Yeah, he missed. He missed shots in the. Like in the he red, didn't he even look there. like he was an NBL player. I'm gonna give you an example. What's the gentleman who they signed that took his spot? Vanky Joyce. He came in and he didn't play a lot, but when he came in, he felt his. You felt his presence. Yeah. It, they was down twenty points in games. He's coming in dunking backwards. He he belonged in the NBL. You can tell, and it was just the difference. That was just the difference. Like he looked like he belonged playing for Melbourne United in the NBL. The, uh, Tris didn't look like he belonged in this league at all. No, no, and I agree, I agree with you. When, when DJ Kennedy got there, it changed the whole shape up of that team. It completely changed the whole outlook of that team. And it allowed someone, Dave Barlow, stepped up and started playing well. Dan Trist, and you're right. And, and I can't sit here and argue, oh, this guy's going to be a stud because when he stepped out there on the NBL court, and that's the only thing people can go off, he didn't play well. Yeah. But I believe that under Simon Mitchell's tutelage, for lack of a better term, he's going to be able to be out there and be a serviceable guy a lot more than what people thought. And on that topic with Venky Joyce, are Melbourne going to sign Venky Joyce? Or what, what the hell's going on there? Because that was a weird situation. No, you just, you just told us that he's going to the Phoenix. No, oh, I didn't. Oh, he is a four-man. Good job, Wertho. Good job. Well, maybe, maybe I'll let Thank you just you. maybe I'll let you just roll with that Good so you don't job, find out who Wertho? I'm actually talking about. But now my question is, they got a log jam at the four. They do have a massive if, log if, jam at the four. If, not saying uh, we're right. Well, I'm saying we're, we're wrong because it's not Vinky Joyce. Got but. you. But <laughs> if Vinky does go to the Phoenix, where's he going to play? You know what I mean? He's going to play the four. Yeah. Cool, but he has to play behind Ty Wesley. What well, do they have to? They almost have to run Ty Wesley at the five. Which is, I've been shot down do before saying league, they can't man. do that. They but can't do that. Well, I feel like you can do that against every team apart from if, if Sean Long's in the league or against the Kings. You can't do it against. Yeah, let's let's go down, okay? You can't do it against the Kings. No. You can't can do it you, against Melbourne United. Who are Melbourne United got? Fans, they've only got two players. Pledger? Pledger, and then they're going to bring somebody No, no, no but see, there's the thing. In. Because Pledger can't guard Ty Wesley at all on the offensive end. We'll put, we'll so put, you're sort of going. Name? We'll put Barlow there. Barlow's a good matchup. Yeah, I don't think he's strong enough on the block, but he's nah. a good. He's a good match. He's, he's a, a better good. matchup than Pledger. Of course, that's yeah. the, of course that's a bad matchup. And, uh, Maybe get, they go zone at the time when he's in there. Yeah, but but the, I'm just looking at that roster and thinking, yeah. who else could they possibly run? Because they're not going to. They got. They may run. Center, look, Dan Trist runs the center in Europe. He literally runs the center position. And you know what? Here's what and I'm going to say. Puts up good numbers, but he's not a center in the NBL. Right. Here's what I'm going to say. Just because he had a bad experience with one team the first time in the NBL doesn't mean he's a bad player. So hopefully he can show more than he showed yeah. next season with uh, the Phoenix. So good luck to him. You got to come You got to come in and prove the doubters wrong. Prove yourself wrong. You know what I mean? Back yourself. So good luck hey, to um, him. One guy that probably needs mentioning that's, Probably one of the more more sought after free agents is Sam Froling right now, mm-hmm. and put up big numbers for Danny Nong in his first week in NBL one. Obviously, the rumors like I read the paper today in Cairns are like we're talking to Sam Froling. They've got no chance of getting him. Um, but the two main clubs that everyone's talking about is Brisbane and Melbourne United signing him. But That'd be an I interesting heard, one. But what I heard, those two aren't. 
the two that are in front at the moment. It's the Illawarra Hawks that are leaning in signing Sam Froling at the moment. Has he got a relationship with Dan Greeter at all? They are, no, he's, he's a lot younger, isn't he? Uh, I'm not I'm not sure. I believe he's a lot younger. But, I think Dan, because Dan Greeter is about 21 and Froling would be 19-ish. But the thing is, Sam Froling would get minutes at Illawarra. And that's what it's about. Look, you, you look at his brother, Harry Froling, going to Adelaide. Would he have got the same minutes at another team? Maybe not. It's, a, it's an interesting – obviously, he's a hell of a talent. One year at Creighton, didn't like the situation. Also, while we're on, the, while we're on it, shout out to Cody Statman. Bang. Cairns boy that won a national championship yesterday with Virginia. As much as I love it, to all those journalists out there that said he's the first person to win an NCAA national championship, fuck you, you uneducated fucks. Oh, There's shit. There's a lot of people <laughs> from Metro State that have fucking won national championships. Tell them. Like who were, though? Yeah, uh, I can't Luke think of Kendall. anyone. I can't think of any decent human that's won. Decent human. How about a undecent two national championship? <laughs> yeah. We, oh, I can we think we of a lot the, of degenerates. We weren't, but... the, we weren't the degenerates that flocked towels out of uh, locker rooms once we made it. To <laughs> Did they have towels? <laughs> Did the D2 tournament have towels? <laughs> we had towels, mate. So trust, trust me, if basketball was as big as it is now, there would have, like, there's no chance that. Uh, the amount of players that went to Metro State with the talent, like you think about, oh, it would have been all Metro the, State. I'm one hundred percent that is in the NBL right now. Uh, Nick Kay, Mitch McCarron, Jesse Wagstaff, then there was Luke Kendall, myself, David Barlow. I mean, for a Division Two school, we did all right. You did more than all right, you guys. Uh, Metro Metro State has been a better school for Australians if you look through history than St Mary's. So Mary's has had Easily. you know Patty Mills and Della Vadova. They've had the sort of some real, real highlight NBA guys. But a lot of the guys that went to Metro State that you just mentioned, including yourself, you look at the hype and all that sort of stuff today. Everyone would have been going to big D one schools. Absolutely, and, and that's why no Division one school wanted to play us when we were there because we would have whooped the shit out of majority of them. Well, that's the thing, and I, I say this, and I think I've mentioned this before, but I say this so many times to kids when they ask about you know college scholarships. Sometimes I talk it you know, high schools and stuff like that about college experience and that sort of stuff. You Sometimes you've just got to swallow your pride as a player. And do you really want to go to a Division One school? It doesn't matter how good you are. Do you want to go to a Division One school and be pigeonholed into a role? Because you've got to remember that there's only so many kids. Like Cody Statman, for example, just won the national championship with Virginia. Rode the, he's just a freshman. So, of course, you're going to sit on the bench your first year there. But imagine him at a smaller Division One school, like a, a Samaria's or something like that. He's probably playing... 30 minutes. Easily. Going to the tournament, stuff like that. So you, you're developing as a player in that regard. So it's, sometimes it's hard. There's a lot of guys like it's – I know that if I had have gone to – like I had a great career at a Division One school, but I was a three-point shooter and that's all I was. I was really good at it, but that's all I was. If I had have gone to a Division Two school, say Concordia somewhere in California, I may have developed my game in different areas. I might have got a post-up game. I might have had different things. There's so many other areas that I would have been able to develop because I would have been called upon – to do to that do sort of stuff. So, so if you want to develop your game, some people just have to swallow their pride and realize <laughs> there is very little difference between D1 and D2 apart from the size of the bigs. Correct. When you're talking about the top level. We got beaten by a D2 school. We got smacked by Concordia the year we went to the tournament in the preseason. Closed door game. Smacked by them. They ran this that's pressing the style. That, uh, that's the school that Cam Glidden went to, right? 
Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cam Glidden was Concordia. And we actually had a coach on our team that coached uh, Chris Victor, who coached Cam, Cam Glidden. And even he said, like, Cam Glidden developed his game in so many areas. Because the guy's not just a shooter. He, if he had gone to D1, he would have left there as a Clint Steindl. But now he's a superstar in this league because he went to a D2 and developed his game. But I think he even went to a community college for a while and developed his game in so many different areas. So, so many kids have to realize that, that it's not all about fucking Instagram and, you know, getting all the gear and that sort of shit. If you're really honest about your game and you want to improve and you want to get to the highest level, then fuck all this D1 stuff. Like, and you've got to be realistic. Like, there's a lot of guys, yeah, go to D1 for sure. But don't just do it because it's D1. It was the best decision I ever made because 100%. there's no chance that any school would have played a kid from fucking Bunbury, Western Australia. There's no. No, there's no chance. And my game developed so much more at Metro State than any other school that I could have gone to. And so I'm happy that I went to that. So to Olgan, who has sources everywhere, you're a fucking idiot because you just <laughs> you, you put your head in the ground on this one. Uh, to Tom Reed, fuck you. Just... You can't, you, you can't. <laughs> I love it. No, it, 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 pisses, it pisses me off because there's so many guys that have gone through and actually paved the way for kids to actually get to D1 now yeah. and, and consistently. And I'm really happy for Cody, but you know what winning for Virginia just did? It just means he just got recruited over for the next two years. He might not play until he's a senior it is, if he stays. There. It is a tough. It is a real tough position. And like, Olgan comes out. Olgan and Tom Reed come out with some good stuff. I, I agree. They dropped the ball here, but I think that uh, no, I, I I like him. Fuck <laughs> I like him. Olgan's, Olgan comes in with the scoops, man. I like Olgan. But anyway, he didn't have no scoops. He, he got gets no he scoops. gets scoops. Hey, Olgan is one of the guys in terms of following high school basketball in the states and stuff that I go. One of my first port of calls, not calling, but in terms of Twitter, going to to come through with that sort of stuff because I just don't <clears> and I just don't follow it over in the states as much. So there's stuff in that regard that does a lot of stuff for exposure of Australians and is probably honestly with his some of his exposure and the Fox Sports exposure helping a lot of these guys get to college, which in some cases is over recruited. In a lot of cases, over recruited, but shit, he's just the some of the exposure has given these guys some pretty amazing opportunities. Example, Cody Statman. Whether it be for good or bad, fuck Olgan. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, on the topic of the NCAA and national championships, you guys both catch that game? No, I didn't catch it. You see it? Well, I watched that? it. Yeah, I watched it. What'd you think of it? That's a hell of a game. <laughs> I mean. I feel like uh, – did you watch it, Felix? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I watched like, it. I had Kyle Guy for 25 points and he scored 24, so I was pretty pissed. Oh, man. The Italian kid for Texas Tech, Fioretti, I mean, he was massive. Uh, guy and uh, – is it Neville for Virginia? That was – oh, man, that was – Ty that Jerome, Guy, and... Uh, Jerome, sorry. Yeah, Jerome. I was thinking of, Go- I was thinking of fucking like, Guy Neville. Guy Neville. <laughs> I'm like, Guy Neville. Neville that, yeah. for Luke Neville. Yeah, Jer- Jerome, Jerome and Guy were huge for Virginia. I mean, it was big shot after big shot, and I just feel like Texas Tech just shot themselves in the foot. They played well to get back in front. They should have won the game. Virginia got a little bit lucky with that trip call right at the end. I mean, that just... But, I mean... you got to get lucky to win a national championship. Exactly, and they got lucky the last three rounds, yeah. basically, to win it. But if you're a head coach, that's why you preach making your free throws because they were 12 of 12 in overtime on free throws, and they just – not one of them looked like missing. So, 
Shout out to Virginia and 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 Coach Bennett, uh, Coach Bennett, who actually played a preseason game with the Sydney Kings back in 1996 before he got getting cut uh, before an actual NBL game. I so, saw that. There you go. I saw yeah. that the the NBL the NBL are always quick to just post on like Instagram and shit. They'll be like, "Ah, oh, this dude watched the NBL seven years ago. Now he's in the national hashtag connection and shit like that." Like, uh, <laughs> along with about seven hundred emojis. <laughs> this guy sat in a cubicle next to an NBL player once oh, back in nineteen eighty three. Hashtag connection. Does anybody else sometimes <laughs> feel like they need like some sort of translator to read the NBL post? There's that many fucking emojis. <laughs> It'll be like, it, I mean, it's not like you put emojis after and stuff. It's like they replace the word with the emoji yeah. so it's like if it's like two it'll be like the two fingers up championship would be a cup i'm like what the fuck's going on here I mean, championship you, oh oh you gotta you gotta be hip to know what's going on <laughs> they talking a new language baby oh, God. you gotta I, get I, hip to it i picture they got like some 50 year old accountant just sitting on the twitter just uh, emojis like googling like i've had to work with emojis. <laughs> that's, that's why i fucking unfollowed the nbl account on twitter <laughs> ah, come on you man just you gotta come, follow it man you are coming at everything those, you're just coming those. at where are those pissed no, off no, today? I still, I still follow the NBL. <laughs> I still follow the NBL. Uh, when are you coming back, man? I'm coming back on Sunday. I'm uh, school holidays up here, mate. Up with my boys up in Cairns. Um, Taz had his uh, basketball tournament on the weekend. His first. Right, rep I saw. I saw Taz tournament. hooping. Yeah, he played well, man. His team did well, and uh, I'm actually coaching his team this afternoon. So oh, shout out to him. Shout out to the Can Stingers. You're doing suicides today. I was about to ask. I hope they're in shape because I know you're going to run the yes. hey, yeah, Have either of you two ever had free throws to win the game? Yeah. Which yeah, I would yeah. assume. Yes. How many? How many? Like, what's yeah. what's your main when you look back? Because I, I looked at Kyle Guy in the semifinal shooting those free throws. Three free throws to get your team to a national championship game. He misses those free throws. It's game over. He misses all three of them. He makes all three. Oh, he makes all three. Getting fouled. He got so he got fouled in the corner with zero point eight seconds to go, shooting a three. That's how the game ended. So Auburn. This was the semifinal. Oh, so the Auburn semifinal. would have gone to the national championship. They were up two with zero point eight seconds to go. They inbound. They inbounded to another corner. They were up four with ten seconds. to They're go. They're up four with ten seconds to go. Okay. And just choked it off completely. Like unbelievable choke. The worst choke. The one of the worst chokes in tournament history. So. The same guy hit a fadeaway three with like nine seconds to go from the corner. Like some wild three, Kyle guy. They inbound it. Texas Tech gets fouled. I believe, did they miss one of the free throws? Yeah, they missed the free They missed the free throw, so they were then only up two. And then, bang, goes down. They they end up getting fa they foul to put him out of bounds. Right. And then 0 0.8 seconds, guy kills the corner. Bang, in his landing room, lands on him. Bang, foul. Oh, my All goodness. All three free throws, swish. Didn't look like missing. So the guy that hit off three free throws, yeah. how many times did he go to the stripe during that game? Yeah, it would have been a decent amount. I, was he obviously to take that last shot, he had to be like their best shooter or something? Yeah, he was, yeah. He was okay, pretty so much their main guy. That means all right. So at this point, he should be confident and comfortable going to the line. 80,000 people there. He's been at the line the whole game. You know what I mean? He's had enough shots, so he's in rhythm. So, I mean, that's... But you know, you know what I know, mate. There's a clutch gene, and you either have oh, yeah. it or 100%. you don't. Yeah, and it doesn't matter it. what percentage you shoot throughout the season right. or in a game. It's totally different when all the chips are on the table. And obviously, he's got a clutch gene because we've seen multiple people, good free throw shooters, choke <laughs> at the end of games because they just they don't like that responsibility. They don't like that pressure. 
Um, I've only done it once where I've hit free throws. Like it, we're, we're talking about putting us in front like with less than two seconds to go. Yeah, like winning I mean, the game. Only, yeah, so I've only done it once where it's winning the game. But obviously I got fouled a lot at the end of the games and it makes a difference between winning and losing a game. Hitting those free throws, mm-hmm. a four-point difference is different than a three-point difference, you know. And you need someone clutch on there, which probably begs the question, who's probably the most clutch free throw shooter in the NBL at the moment? What? It's a tough Bryce one. Cotton, Casper Weird. Now, Bryce Cotton missed throws. some big ones. I can't remember what game it was, but Bryce Cotton missed some big ones. And we can't say Casper Weir clutch because he airballed two potential game no, winners free this year. Shooters. Just free throws? Yeah, free throws. That's a tough one. I'd have to look <clears> back and rewatch the entire season for that because there wasn't really many many situations. Yeah. I think, I think you probably want Cameron Glidden or Daniel Kickett on the line, right? Yeah, Kickett just seems like he does. He has that don't give a fuck attitude. He wouldn't even know if there's Kick three seconds cl- left. He probably thinks it's still the first quarter. Kickett is one of like the, just the, clicker is one of like the most... Man, he shoots about what eighty percent from the free throw line. Something like ninety, that, yeah. ninety high percentage clip from the three. Like he's just, he's a big shot maker. He's he the only, shots. He's the only person in NBL history to do consecutive 90, 50, 40s. And I think yeah. one year he might have done. There you go. He might have done ninety, sixty, fifty. One year, I think it was ridiculous. So Kevin Lish, yeah, Lish should be up there. We're going with the veteran sort of vibe. Got to go Matt with the Hodgson. guys that – Matty Hodgson. No, I'm not putting nah. the big man up there, man. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> no, shout out. Oh, Chris Golden. Hodgson a shout out. Chris Golden? <laughs> yeah, Chris Golden's hurt. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've never really seen him in that situation, but he's been known to be clutch before. He does step up in the fourth. Yeah. But anyway, before we wrap this thing up, we'll talk a bit – do you want to plug the three times three at all? Homicide? Oh, 3x3 Hustle. The uh, second stop on the Pro Hustle Tour is Geelong this weekend. Come out and support. They'll be at the, we'll be at the waterfront, the Geelong waterfront. It'll be really good. The weather should be good Saturday, Sunday. Should be about 25 degrees. Let me tell you something that I love about this, and I will, con- or I will continue to say it. The team that you think is going to win mm-hmm. does not win. You know, the referee put the whistle in the pocket. A lot of people used to are used to playing five on five where certain calls get made. And even if there's a missed call, the makeup call is coming. There's no makeup call coming. You have to be able to play through being fouled and making plays. Yeah. At the end of the day, it'll make you a better player. But if you're not used to that, you're not going to win. And as a result of that, the NBL team lost. Stateside Sports lost. Yeah. Jeremy Kendall, Peter Crawford. Lucas Walker, who cussed the referee out. <laughs> oh, my God. He cussed the ref out when that game was done. Step by step, every step the ref took, he took. Gave him an airfoil. <laughs> and uh, Frawling. Harry Frawling, yeah. Harry Frawling. They it's, lost an NBA, to, it's an NBL same. They lost to the Geelong Supercats. Shout out to the Geelong Supercats. My boy Kimble. got it done. Kimble got it done. Did Gatlin. he play in a beanie? Nah, he took the beanie oh, off. Oh, okay, because I've seen yeah. him play in a beanie yeah. before. He came with the beanie. He'll hoop in the beanie. <laughs> I've never seen anyone hoop in a beanie apart from Kimball. Yeah. So, Is um, he any relationship to Bo Kimball? Nah, doubt it. Kind of looks similar to him, though, but I don't believe he is. 
Well, we got a bit of so that's some three times three. What about NBL one? Who's uh, the games this weekend? Who are you playing against? Ah, I know I'm playing. I'm going against. Uh, I think we got Ringwood over at the. Uh, I think they call it the Rings. Is their stadium? And then we got Bendigo on Sunday. So two games this weekend. Ready to attack it. Hopefully go four and zero back on top of the ladder. Is it is it Saturday Sunday or Friday Sunday? Saturday Sunday. Okay. I hope oh. so. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I got a big night Friday, so I hope it's Saturday night. <laughs> you, you guys have got a squad. So does Ballarat. Hey, Ballarat is tough. Ballarat is tough. I looked at that squad. Like, Jeremy Evans is an NBL standard third import. Yep. NBL standard third import can and really hoop. Kwani Kwani. Your boy, your guy Dang, were, though? Dangakuth. Dangakuth. They're tough. And Who's they've got the Sam, guy? Sam Short. Melbourne Short, United development Sam player. Short. Had 24 points the other weekend, so the guy can hoop. Okay. Been a DP there for like three years, I think. At Melbourne, younger, Brendan, younger guy. And Brendan Joyce is the coach. And Brendan, that's the biggest worry for me. You could put a bunch of domestic players out there, and if Brendan Joyce is the coach, I'm still going to be worried about that team. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they've got talent, but you guys have got a, a lot of talent. I think Danny Nong, Danny Nong would be tough as well. Nah, but Danny Nong just haven't brought it. Or so Sam, far, Sam, we're, we're but, three games into the Sam, year. Yeah, Sam Froling makes a difference to him. Yeah, no, he's definitely going to help. But anyway, that's about as much NBA one as I want to talk about before I, <laughs> there'll be enough games this weekend. But anyway, that's all we got time for here. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, make sure you hit up at C Homicide, at Wertho33, and at Felix Hoff. And we'll be back next week with hopefully NBA playoff seeding, a little more NBL free agency, and a whole lot more action. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.